0: save the king hello and welcome back to pod save the king i'm your host Anne gripper i'm joined by daily mirror royal editor russell myers fresh from his trip to france and flying the podcast not solo but with our good friend ian vogler thank you for letting me back on russell because you and he you and ian sounded like you had a tremendous time i really enjoyed hearing about your french adventures i know thank you very much well
1: good to see you once again but i am Thanks for all the messages. We had a, we had a few messages coming our way about the uh, taking the podcast on the road. It's good. We were outside uh gonna get it wrong now. But I think it's the long Lompanas. station. It was a little bit busy. There was a few sirens of a chap playing in piano over the way from us. But um yeah, it went pretty successfully. As successful, hopefully, as the France State visit, which I think was Pretty went pretty well. I think that we were giving it a mark. Um, you'd have to give it an A, wouldn't you? I think I said A. Last week It went
0: pretty well. So how? So we left you. You were about to get on a train to Bordeaux. How was Bordeaux?
1: We made it. I mean, Bordeaux was sort of like the the. um let's say the afterthought, but the obviously we had the big pomp and pageantry of the welcome into Paris the uh the solemnness of the, the king and the president laying a wreath out under the art of the triumph at the tomb of the unknown soldier. There was obviously the ceremonial lighting of the eternal flame. You had the soldiers there, the fly past, it was all pretty spectacular. And then we had the romance, you know, talk about bromance, me and Ian, the bromance <laughs> and power was very much to do with the king and the president because there was a lot of back slapping, there was a lot of touching. I mean, the people who write these awful protocol um, articles on some of our online outlets were probably having a field day because there was a lot of people losing their minds about, oh, God, you must have touched the and what have you. And I think that perhaps maybe we we do operate in a very different landscape to when the late Queen was with us. I know a lot of people lost their heads. When do you remember uh, Michelle Obama put her arm around the late Queen and people got very, a lot of people got very excited? However... I think Charles is an altogether different person, isn't he? He's 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 less of an aura as uh, her late Majesty was, and certainly Charles is uh, was as tactile and as cordial to his host as uh, as it was reciprocated the other way around. and And I think that it, it's very very clear to see that both Charles and President Macron get along famously well. They've known each other for, for many many years. They have met each other at uh, at various different engagements around the world, whether it's visits to each other's countries, or whether they're meeting at uh, G seven or G eight, whatever it is now, and then climate change conferences like COP. And I think that's not only their relationship, but the the uh, Bridget Macron's and uh, and Camilla's relationship was was pretty sparkling. So it it had all the ingredients of a really really good mini visit. And it was, you know, a couple of days in Paris, and then down to Bordeaux to do a few more sort of relationship-wise things. I suppose, you know, we buy each other's cheese. We love buying each other's wine. This English sparkling wine is having a huge, um, huge sort of resurgence. I suppose it's taken off over the last few years. We are we are enjoying, possibly due to climate change, which is sort of the. The, uh, the Catch-22 situation, that we are enjoying some of the best climates that the, the Champagne region would be jealous of these days, which is why English sparkling when well, is doing so well. But they would in Bordeaux to sort of sample some of the, the delights of the region.
0: Tough gig. Um, and I think that, yeah. Cheese. I I why? I didn't get to
1: do that myself as much as I would have liked. But, you know, duty calls in some of these instances. However it when it was pretty much paid by numbers in terms of a state visit a mini tour whatever you want to call it um, but what I did think was particularly successful is, is the, the two speeches that we spoke about last week and that was the speech that Charles gave at the Palace of Versailles and then later um, the speech at the Senate which was just masterful I mean he spoke in French Pretty much the whole way through. I'd say about 80 or 90% of it was in French. He was speaking about the real big issues of our time climate change, opportunity for youngsters, and like the next generation. What, what planet and what opportunity are we leaving for the next generation? And of course, war in Europe, which is uh, which is plaguing all of our lives at the moment. Not only the poor people who are living it day to day in Ukraine, but the, the obvious energy crisis and the cost of living crisis that's spilling over to. Um, all Europeans. And I think that I don't, there's two things, isn't there? I think that a lot of people thought that Charles was gonna come in and he's gonna be a revolutionary king and he's he's obviously going to be very acutely aware of the fact that he's not gonna have this huge uh decades long run at the um at the top job as it were. He's only he's seven he's nearly seventy-five years old. He's for being kind, He's got twenty years in the top job let's, let, let let's say he's got twenty years in his prime at the top job and he has a very short window to cement his legacy I, I would argue really the next five years are crucial to cement his legacy if you're being kind you can say the next ten, because I don't think they're going to be doing the big international tours after the next five years they will probably rely heavily on the Prince and Princess of Wales and the other senior royals so very short window to cement his legacy What 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 does that look like for Charles is he going to abandon, not necessarily his principles, but the, the the big issues that he's spoken about so passionately in the past? And it, I referred my own mind back to the interview that he gave during his 70th birthday celebrations for the BBC. And you remember the quote, he said, well, I'm not stupid enough to think that I can carry on in the same vein. I don't, I, I'm i not that foolish. I understand that taking the job of monarch is very, very different to the job of Prince, of Prince of Wales, and I obviously can't be speaking in the manner that I have been as the as the heir. And again, whether that is architecture, whether that's meddling in government business with some of his spider letters, or talking so vociferously as he has in the past about climate change and the, the urgency that the world needs to sit up and shape up and world leaders need to act, However, it, it definitely isn't. He's not being a shrinking violet, is he? Because these are the these issues that he was pretty much saying in the climate emergency and a post Brexit world that Europe needs to stand up and be counted, and not only be cordial and friends, they need to act in a, I suppose, in tandem with one another, and that goes for the biggest crisis of our time which is war on our doorstep and he said that pretty much russia must not win ukraine must not fail in this uh, aggression by the russian state to its neighbor and so when you're looking at these um these issues that he was raising in those two speeches and especially the one at the senate i thought i was pretty surprised and i thought you know go on get on you Charles, because you you we've had a lot of rhetoric about prince william standing in, becoming the new statesman, him going to the Middle East, him being the one who's going to speak up for uh, marginalised communities, and he's going to be the one who's going to be tackling the big issues across the realms. Well, I wouldn't be so sure if that is going to happen because I think Charles has more than stepped up to the plate in that sense, and I hope that this is a sign of things to come because no matter, and I get the argument of constitutional monarchy, no matter, obviously, constraints of that role I think we all know what sort of man Charles is and it would be doing himself and the country a disservice if he didn't follow through with what his main agenda and principles are.
0: I think there's a you know those are existential issues really for him not to talk about them I think would equally make him seem out of touch and unaffected by the things that are occupying everybody else's you know minds and and worries and i guess he's talking about them this is an issue sometimes he will bring his own solutions to them but provided you're maybe not pushing too many solutions on the politicians who are the ones who are tasked with it maybe you're not meddling as such but he can meddle on in the, in the ways that he was last week certainly because you need that vision and leadership and it, i think it is interesting this time we're going through where you know you talk about cementing his legacy and how do you how do you build a reign and a reputation as a king and what 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 do you try and achieve and what is the job of a king who's starting his job in a 20 in the 21st century but going back to the state visit how did you think it compared to germany which was there ended up being well, the first again, state visit
1: germany i mean we turned up to germany and it was pretty much a ma- one man and his wife and his dog there and i thought oh my god God, this is going to be a disaster because there wasn't the big sort of fanfare welcome that you had. The Champs Elysees being shut, the big welcome from the uh, from the president, the flyover. I mean, it was it had everything. I mean, the French do pomp and pageantry very, very well as as, as well as the Brits. It could be argued the Germans are a bit more muted. It was very, very. um it was very quiet. I mean, we got they, they met at Brandenburg Gate, and it was it was a bit like, oh dear, what's going to happen here? Is this going to be a damn squib? Is this going to be? Because obviously, France was supposed to happen before Germany. I think if that had happened, everyone would have thought, well, well you know, Germany can't really compete with the with the French in terms of that the welcome that they would have got. But because it was first, um, owing to the riots that were taking place in the country, very uh, really embarrassing for Macron at the time, um, it's sl- it sort of slow and steady, and then built up to this huge crescendo when they were in Hamburg and they came out out onto the the town hall balcony and were welcomed like a uh, scene from the Beatles' album tour of 1968. It was like it was pretty much a rock star welcome. And if you look back at the pictures and the image and the broadcast from the time, you're thinking, well, my word, this is beyond their wildest dreams For the from the palace staff and for the royals, I would have thought. However, again, I think it was slow and steady in that sense. And when he spoke at the um, at the Bundestag, he, he spoke in German. And way to involve yourself with the local community or your hosts, which, again, I think we're going to come on to this later in the podcast, but I am staggered that William can't speak Welsh. And when he turns up to the Welsh Parliament or when he turns up to Welsh engagements and he's making fumbled apologies to say, oh, you know, I'm still learning. I mean, it's not like he's been parachuted into the job because somebody else has pulled out at the last minute. He's known he was going to be Prince of Wales his whole life. And I think for someone who has been afforded the best education and the best opportunities hasn't really had to worry ever about, you know, his career. I'm sure there are certain worries, of course, about I'm not being facetious about the role he is going to take, what it means to be following queen or king and country and to being dutiful, what duty means. There are certain pressures and elements of his role and job I'm sure he does find very, very hard to deal with. However... Come well, on. The fact that he does not speak languages as fluently as his father, and especially Welsh, I mean that should have been an easy win. Come in, speak Welsh to the Welsh Parliament, speak Welsh to the to the grannies queuing up outside St David's Cathedral. And it's, you know, you'd make headlines and friends all over the place, wouldn't you? But back to Charles, I think he's his his mass um the, the the masterful way that he has demonstrated him being a statesman and sort of almost like a global leader in that sense speaking different languages being very very um, astute in his I suppose discussions of the topics in country as a, as the the three that we've probably picked out then that, that has carried him a lot of favour with his guests and I think that we then all sat up as well as members of the press by thinking, you know, fair play to him.
0: And we have a state visit in the UK to look forward to in November with the president of the Republic of Korea and his wife set to visit. So well, a bit of glam at Buckingham Palace.
1: Uh, I'm a bit annoyed because Seoul is one of my favourite cities in the world. And I'm, I've am i been a couple of times and I wanted to go to Seoul rather than, you know, having a banquet. The other way around. Yeah, so... Yeah.
0: Another state banquet at like
1: Buckingham Palace. The peel <laughs> we could put an appeal about out there, so for us to get a soul, well, I'm, I'm sure it falls on deaf ears. But uh, that is, you're right; it's something to look forward to. Again, pomp and pageantry—we we love to see it—and something that the king is keeping busy. And I think that perhaps from, yeah, I mean, I've seen all the write-ups. I've seen in the uh, the French as it was in the German, the German press absolutely dove Charles at the time, and I think. Way to endear yourself to your guests if you're going to speak um, speak the language and especially so masterfully as he did. The French have had a little bit of a, a needle afterwards. I think some politicians raising the fact that they were a bit aggrieved how much the, uh, the the lavish state banquet was costing. Um, oh, pretty much the horses bolted. Yeah, I mean it's, it's an easy win for the politicians on the on the other side of the chamber, isn't it? But what do you think from a uh, for watching it from, from afar maybe
0: so what did i think i enjoyed seeing camilla wearing a cape and i reminded me of megan's cape phase when she was in the royal family and
1: chanel cape no less
0: yes um so i did enjoy that and enjoyed sort of looking after her i particularly enjoyed uh camilla's little quiet in the library moments when the all the Cameras were going off, presumably and the uh, the press were chatting or whatever, and it just made Madame Macron just fall about laughing. It just that sort of relatively dry humour that actually when someone coughed. Well, maybe it was coughing, but it was. It was and I know the
1: culprit. I won't embarrass <laughs> to our legions of listeners, but it was one of my colleagues who let out a kind of cough sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you're like, schneeze, a sneeze, a sneeze, and uh, or a snoff. <laughs> and it was it made it made the royals and um, Madame Macron sort of, sort of look up. If You haven't seen it? Maybe I've got to post this. Was, to
0: it's Facebook on the YouTube. it's on the royal family it Instagram. It's just oh, they, they,
1: no, did they post
0: it? yeah, I'm quite in the library. Says Camilla and Bridget just <laughs> and because sometimes humor doesn't travel well across you know, across languages. or whatever. But it was just that it was just such a simple, it was quick wits. And I mean, it was, you know, slightly at somebody's expense. But important question, did Ian manage to talk to the king about his electric car? Was he, uh, to save that oh, for I another sure time?
1: He was allowed I mean, like, he probably was <laughs> some sort of madman trying to get close to the king and then they realized he had a camera with him. But unfortunately for Ian, conversation for another day
0: no so the thing i have discovered my, my parents now have an electric car and the thing i've discovered about people with electric cars is once they get them they really like to talk about them yeah, so they do, yeah. very excited <laughs> <similar to, so. laughs> well i'm sure that may rub off on charles if they get to chat about it at some stage so that was all all the excitement over in france and I do hope we get more romantic reports from your travels with Ian in the weeks and months to come, Russell, because it was most enjoyable. You sounded like you were having a fantastic time chuckling away. While that was all going on, Prince William, he had a trip out to New York, was there during the UN General Assembly, having the the environmental stuff. And I know you talked last week about how, well, not exactly pointed, but I guess ironic it was that Charles was there talking about environmental stuff just after Rishi Sunak had junked a load of big environmental pledges. He didn't bother going to the UN General Assembly this year and involved in, sort of, engaging in the environmental stuff that was going on in New York. William was obviously out there for Earthshot things and um, the finalists have been announced and that's coming up in Singapore at the start of November I'm going to try and do a little special hopefully in the next few weeks taking a slightly closer look at some of those projects and the Earthshot project as a whole because I think this one's been on my list of things to do for a very long time and it's about time I actually did it so that's my promise we'll get on with that and have a closer look so so he was out in New York fire department visit um, some oyster shells, I mean who knew you could recycle oyster shells, that was educational um, Kate's been out and about a bit uh, fun pictures of her, her uh, doing her visit to RNAS Yeovilton, where she let the life, you know, blew up the life jacket and I think we've all wondered quite what it would feel like if you did have to pull the emergency cord, you know anytime you go on an aeroplane and they're doing the old uh, here's, how to, here's how to do it, and obviously hope you're not going to have to the sudden pull it and see what happens, but um, uh, but she found that very entertaining. She looked quite Top Gun, the uh, you know, with the headset on and doing the air traffic control stuff, it was quite uh, quite glam on the on the videos they shared. And then, you know, another sort of nice visit to some sensory play again, introducing us to the concept of portage, which I'd never heard of before, and no, visiting it really did. the textiles factory. So it's it's it's, it's often
1: the variety is the spice of life with the royal job <laughs> and engagements like that. I mean can I just pull you back to, to, to New York? I mean um, maybe we mentioned it a bit last week. However, I, don't know. I mean I think Earthshot is a, is an obviously a laudable, hugely laudable um project. And it's it's going to go on for a decade. It's going to be some amazing um uh, schemes and projects that are going to be given a opportunity to have a light shone on them. And it was it just sort of passed in a sleeting moment and maybe that was because everybody was focusing they're going to be focusing their efforts on the uh, on the state visit that was going to be quite important. but I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether they expected it to get a bit more traction and does this spell disaster for Earthshot? I mean it's already been one thing and Kate isn't going to go to, to Singapore does she need to go to Singapore to make it a big a big number. I can only speak from experience by saying when she was uh, uh, in London at the Ali Palais and when she was in Boston. I mean, it's it's looking like a million dollars. Not to label her as a clothes horse or anything, but I think it gives it the element of the wow factor. And and William just didn't grasp that. I mean, oyster shells in a drab-looking New York Bay is not really the uh, the Hollywood lab that I suppose that this project deserves to be then give it a spotlight and if it's just going to be William talking about climate change, it's not we, we can get that elsewhere right and you can get that by being in a conference or, or being on location somewhere else I, I think I think it needs something else. I think it needs the Princess of Wales to be really invested in this project as she was as some of the major players were in Boston to give it a bit of them, and, um, and unfortunately, I don't think that's a bad thing for William. I think that they, the, the unifying force of the two of them should be celebrated. And I think if she doesn't go to Singapore, then Earthshot will be poorer for it.
0: But it, part of Earthshot, I guess, is, you know, there's that financial investment. It's actually trying to find solutions. It's not about necessarily the glamour there's you know big investment and big prizes that can be won to help make further progress in things that the earthshot panel think can really help make a difference and then i guess it's i don't know also networking and businessy type thing it doesn't have to be glam glam dresses and i don't know
1: i just i just think it just becomes a little bit dull you know and therein lies the problem of print prince william is he is he is he therefore a little bit too boring? Is he be, is playing it a bit too safe? Does he need to do things outside of his comfort zone in order to break the mold? I mean, there is an opportunity for him. He's he's not going to be the king for, prepare for kingship. But in the same sense that we were all talking about, William, he's going to be the big statesman. He's going to be the one rating ground in the Middle leagues. Well, I think his dad has proved over the last few days that, William is William is definitely number two. It isn't he. It, there isn't sort of waiting in the wings to become king. Charles is more than capable of making these big plays on the international stage and being absolutely taken notice of. Um, so maybe maybe William does need to break the mold a little bit. Maybe there does need to be further collaboration with not just his wife but other members of the royal family. Maybe it is a little bit boring, just man in suit speaking about climate change on stage. Or going to, you know, an oyster f- farm in a very dram.
0: Uh, he made some I burgers in a van.
1: In a different country.
0: He made some burgers what? in. A- he handed out some bur- burgers in a van recently. I mean, again, <laughs>
1: again, that there was a bit of criticism that that was all a bit contrived as well. I think that there's, they all, they all just needs to be step outside your comfort zone. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not. I'm not the master behind the new CEO job, Buckingham or Kensington <laughs> Palace, rather. Maybe I should be putting my CV in with some mad ideas. however you know again, is it can, can we open up the conversation? Are they doing enough? Are the Prince and Princess of Wales doing enough? I think William has got one engagement in the diary this week. I think mm-hmm. he had one last week. Uh, oh he wasn't he didn't do anything last week because he was in um, coming off the back of New York. I can't um, really remember the last time that there was something that was really exciting. And it may maybe I'm being unkind in that sense because we've had a shot. We have Homewards, two very very laudable projects that are going to make make real change. One we hope to the uh, to the issues and and to sectors that they are concentrating on. But again, could could you tell could you tell me apart from this clouded um, concept that they are going to try and end homelessness, they're going to build. Uh, accommodation on Duchy of Cornwall land, which doesn't even seem to be that cemented. By the way, I think that some people got carried away with that. The, the same could be said with um, Tate's Shaping Us program. It, do we know the? I mean, it's, and it's my job to understand these concepts, right? And I and I could still not tell you what the individual project really stood for. Are there? Is there a four to six point plan? that I could then reel off the tongue and tell you, this is what are going to be the achievable aims in the next two to five years of these projects. There is a lot of talk about generational change. Here is what we're going to do. And it, I I find to the man or woman on the street, they would be very, very hard pushed to tell you what these projects are about. But I think... Oh, they I... haven't necessarily got the... I'm just going to finish. So that they, yeah, they haven't necessarily got the the um they haven't transcended the under understanding which which is very very important I think and are are they then arguably doing enough on the day-to-day work of what the royal family should be about that is making a difference to local communities and maybe I was a bit unfair to say that Charles had not had this a stellar first year but given his dues, he's been to all four corners of the United kingdom he'd gone to You know, from Dan Den to John O'Groats, visiting local communities and making sure that he was trying to make a difference to local communities. And are the Prince and Princess of Wales doing enough? I think it's a a debate to be had.
0: So I think there's a few different things there. So number one, I would say that any time you're on a long-term project, it's very difficult to keep it at a high level of interest all the time and having to repeatedly reinvent it. Because 10 years of Earthshot is 10 years of sort of the same thing but with different faces and slightly different ideas so there is a challenge there potentially maybe this is not exactly difficult second season maybe it's difficult third season from our point of view of okay it feels like we've done this before what's new what's different and actually it's probably the ideas that are coming through and that kind of thing so there's that aspect of it I think there is are they visiting and supporting local communities Kate's projects you know the shaping us that is going to community groups most of the time it is just through a particular lens so I guess we just see her a lot at um carer groups of some variety you know there's children there with um parents or carers or supporters in in some sense a lot of the time so yeah I kind I kind of get what you mean and then there's also the thing we talk a bit about Charles and what it means to become king at that stage of his life. But actually, Prince William has been acting in a grown-up princely way for a very long time, knowing that he will go on to become the Prince of Wales. And then maybe he's arguably just started his projects earlier, before he became Prince of Wales, because he didn't know when that would happen. And the again, his his apprenticeship was sort of going on forever, and he needed... He, the time was right for him to move into a more royal life. He'd done his helicoptering and the, the royal family needed him to to step up. So mm-hmm. he you know Charles launched the prince's trust and that was his ongoing project and, you know layered in so many different things as well. but that was his his personal project and passion. And maybe, you know, if William had held on and waited and launched Earthshot after becoming Prince of Wales, would that have had a different impact? But the point, you know, climate change and saving the planet can't wait. You've got it, you've had the idea, you can make it happen now, get on and do it. Um, so I don't know. I think it's difficult to tell. We are in that, still getting used to this new world. And. I mean, the the last few years, since you got this job, I I blame you, Russell, really, because you got the job okay. after Meghan and Harry got married and the royal world has been totally crackers ever since. And, you know, with the big colour, Tala Blue and brilliant Meghan and Harry are here and then that all going horribly wrong and then this pandemic and death of the Duke of Edinburgh and then eventually the death of the Queen and the changing of everything. You know, it, it's a huge change for the royal family and you know on both on a personal level and on a on a public level so I think trying to work out what how do you step up and how do you do more and what should the point of the prince and princess of Wales be so that it is bigger and more important and not just part of the you know the slim down royal family doing events and hello where have you come from what do you do it's you know how how do we make it um more and what what is the impact and the change they can deliver i suppose that that's that that's
1: exactly it isn't it they are they are trying to make it more than turning up to the local scout hall uh stroke hospital shaking a few hands and saying the benign well, the benign questions of oh well, how are you what's your name what do you do where do you come from and I suppose they're they're trying to look outside of those parameters and saying, right, what the big the big projects they do, and I think sometimes they can be so far and few between that they just get oh. l- the the day to day business gets lost because there are plenty of people at the scout halls at the hospitals who absolutely thrive on those visits. They have quacks put up. They have re- the unveiling of a new sports hall or wing. The fact that they that the royals have visited them, there are loads of centres on people who absolutely thrive on those um, interactions. So I suppose there needs to be some sort of middle ground. Is all i would say. However, that's that's becoming increasingly difficult to do with a slimmed down monarchy, and that's exactly where I have sympathy with Princess Anne saying,
0: "Quite, you know, Christ, you can't get you can't get uh,
1: much slimmer than where
0: we are." So going back to the public engagement thing, and those are the listed hmm. engagements. How much stuff, meetings or private meetings and those kind of things might they be having private meetings that we aren't being told about that are supporting these big long-term projects or would they be listed as held a meeting with, held a meeting that, that we would still know that that was happening?
1: Absolutely both. I mean, undoubtedly, one could say they might be burning the midnight oil, coming up with all sorts of manner of plans and logistics and ways in which they can really push these ideas forward um and other the other scholars thought to say well all of these should be logged in the uh, in the court circular and we should know about them and what they're up to day to day nobody is expecting asking
0: time sheet for the, time sheet for the royal family. family for them to be
1: so micro managed to that extent but i think there is there there needs to be an accountability to say well the, the royal family exists on public Money living in castles and palaces and whatnot, um, even though it's a in quotes very modest four bedroom cottage on the <laughs> on the royal estate that they're now living in. One day they'll no doubt be living in Royal Lodge or Windsor Castle or Buckingham Palace, wherever it is. So they they, they do need to be accountable, and I think to, in today's day and age that there there is there is more pressure to be accountable in that sense. So let's 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 just let's just I think. Say that I'm right. <laughs>
0: I'm, it's always a good uh, place to finish. You,
1: you want more? Ball. There should be more accountability. There should be more weekly engagement. I mean, I remember a period where they were just doing loads, and there was much more activity. Now, you could again, you could say there is a lot of counter arguing going on here, but I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to give a balanced view. And whilst I don't think that the that William and Kate have done very much in the first year. I'm ready to be debated in this in this sense, but I think they've had their hands tied uh, quite a lot because they were waiting definitely for the, what the king was going to decide to do, whether that was at home or abroad. They necessarily couldn't plan their diary, let alone their international travel, um, and where they were going to go on state tours for the first year. You talk about this transitional year going on. Well, that's over now, and we still haven't had any rumblings of an autumn tour. We've known Charles was going on this state visit for months, that's been and gone. We know he's going to, even though it hasn't been uh, officially confirmed. We know he's going to Kenya in a few weeks, for a few uh, for a few days, a week, or whatever it will be to to Kenya. A major, major autumn tour for him. Well, what what are the Prince Princess of Wales doing? Maybe I'll I, I did sort of wrote this in my newsletter this week, and thank you for everybody has signed up and spreading the word about it because it is growing exponentially, which is really really pleasing to to hear but it's a debate and i'm willing to, to have us have that debate and until we see some more proof in the pudding i don't think it's enough to go to new york one week and then not do anything the next week
0: right more 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 william and kate we would like so what just before we finish i would like to ask you an important question about marshmallows russell have you ever toasted a marshmallow on the fire
1: oh absolutely smile well, I my um wife's family are Americans oh Uh, that we have plenty of s'mores
0: so I enjoyed s'mores s'mores. I enjoyed William and Kate's visit to the forest school and the pictures from there and Kate looks totally comfortable just like squatting down and sitting on a log and chilling out and and then laughing at William while he's trying to cut up a stick (laughs) William looks slightly less comfortable in this situation but I do think that the uh recipe that the children were doing of apple, cinnamon and sugar skewers to toast on the fire. That did sound rather delightful. And as Kate put it, it's like a healthy marshmallow. It always tastes so much better whenever you cook something on the fire. I've seen a thousand marshmallows around the fire, but I've never seen a sugar dipped apple. I'm going to try this with my kids. So that does sound rather lovely. Um, Russell, it's been fantastic catching up with you today. There's all sorts to look forward to. Hopefully busy royal calendar to come but we shall see and listeners thanks as ever for listening see us on instagram at pod save, or russell's on twitter at rj myers Oh, it's not called twitter anymore is it it's called x but anyway still it x yeah he's still at rj myers and until next time pod save the king